Okay then, hello there and welcome to the Skills Team's podcast about exam revision. So today we're going to be briefly talking about our own styles of exam revision, having a conversation, a bit of discussion really, about what our favourite methods are and what our key advice is for you revising for your exams. So I'm Alex on the Skills Team, our Skills Co-Creator, and with me are... I'm Naomi, I am the Skills Senior Officer in the Skills Team. I'm Leila, I'm the Skills Graduate Placement in the Skills Team as well. Um, and I'm Catherine, the, uh, the second Skills Co-Creator. Although the first by history, mm-hmm. given that you were here before. <laughs> so the first thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about briefly what our personal methods of revision are, or what our favourite method of revision is, and just say a reason why. So shall we start with you, Naomi? What's your favourite method It's a bit long and involved. But this is what I used to do when I was, um, so I studied criminology and law and I did it for both subjects, Uh, slightly differently, but I did the same thing for both of them. I started off with some massive bits of paper, like A1 size bits of paper. A1? And I, seriously, and I mind mapped. So I started my topic in the middle for the module, mind mapped the whole module, all the different points we'd covered. So maybe the different um, seminar titles, mind mapped those, all the key points underneath that. And then for law, that would include the cases and the statutes that I needed, and for criminology, the different theories that I was going to talk about as well. And then when I had my mind map and I was happy with it, I stuck it up on the wall on the basis that if I saw it every day, it would go in somehow (laughs) into my head. Osmosis, yes. And then I start onto lists because really I can be visual at the beginning, but then when I get down to detail, I need lists. Mm -hmm. On my bit of paper, I'd have the title of the module at the top, subheadings, those seminar titles, those subheadings, and then bullet points underneath of each, just the key points, maybe four or five points, including the main points and the theories. And then what I did was I learnt it. So you have That's a very... That's what I did. It was a process. <laughs> it was very long, detailed. A long and detailed process. It was. And lots of planning. It probably took you a long time as well to do. I've got quite a good memory. So the longest part was that memorising this, like I said, I'd get up to about four or five sides of A4, maybe, of bullet points. But I've done lots of things over my life to improve my memory inside and outside of studying. So my memory is actually quite good. So that was, that was the most, the longest part. So did you feel that writing it out again, like you were saying, helped you to remember it? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Very yeah, good. Definitely. <clears throat> so, uh, Diana, how do you advise? Okay, so... For my course, I started business management and marketing. Um, now, I don't really have too many exams, but whenever I had one, I sort of use the same strategy, which is really mm-hmm. simple. So I would always start by understanding the details, details of the exam. So I just want to make sure I know like the date and the type of exam prior yeah. to starting anything else. And then I would just like start by re-watching all my lectures. So for me, I... Most of my lectures were recorded, so it was really easy to rewatch them again and read my notes because I would miss on maybe some points when I was in the actual lecture, so watching it again would really help me. Mm. Um, and then once I have all my notes done, I would start to apply that theory to practical examples. And really, I would do that by until the exam date. So do you mean like doing practice questions yes. with examples from yeah. your practical examples? Yes, yeah. yeah. So I feel like you've highlighted two really important things there. First of all, the applying. So in the exam, it's all about applying the revision knowledge you've done to whatever that individual particular question is that you've been asked. So practicing applying things is really useful. 
And the second thing I've completely forgotten. <laughs> Finding out about what actually is yes, expected exactly from it. you in the exam, I think, is a key point. And then adapting your revision to that particular exam. Yeah. I think that's crucial. And one more thing that I always do is like make a timetable myself, like a revision timetable. Yeah. So, for example, if I have 12 lectures to watch, I would watch one a day. And then I leave some days for... Um, doing some practical examples and then maybe I always leave some days for emergency situations. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because that means you don't it's not panic stations when you miss out days. Yeah. But if you can't revise one night it doesn't mean that then you've got to cram in four lectures into a day, for example. Mm. And then it's like there's not enough hours in that day. Yeah, so maybe if if for example I have a deadline on a certain date, I would always fix it in my head as being a week before than it actually is. And this helps me to deal with all that stress mm. that it's Mm. So, Catherine, uh, what's your favourite method of revising then? Uh, I don't. You don't? I don't. That's Catherine is a terrible student. <laughs> <laughs> We've established um, this. Over the course of time I've learned, I've worked with Catherine, this is what I've learned. <laughs> I try to get out of doing exams every way that I can, so <laughs> I don't pick modules with exams in because I hate them. It's a legitimate strategy though, isn't it? Yeah. Where you can choose if you are a fan of exams mm. and you're a fan of coursework. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm the opposite. So when I was studying, I avoided things with essays, extended essays as far mm. as I could and focused on the exams. Mm -hmm. I think everything, I think exams and coursework should be perfectly balanced so that, so that you don't have too much at one time. <clears throat> so if you had to do an exam, um, so, the last time I remember revising for an exam, I was doing my French exam and I recorded my sp myself speaking French and I thought it was a great idea to play it on a loop all night. I did really well in the exam, but I don't think it was the playing it on the loop, I think it was the actual practical activity of me verbalising French. Um, so I learn by doing, so if I were to revise I would try and do it. I've done that in preparation for presentations mm -hmm. so um, when I've had to do a presentation particularly applying for jobs yeah. actually um, I have shut myself in a room with a dictaphone mm -hmm. and done the presentation to that dictaphone and then listened to it back yeah. and done that again. Yeah. I think that's something very interesting that you said about is how you learn to your learning style so you mm -hmm. learn by doing yeah. so adapting to your learning style I think is really important in my revision, my favourite method of revising doesn't do isn't just like that in the practical sense. I literally teach people. That's mm -hmm. how I learn. So I find people. I learn the content. <laughs> that sounds quite <laughs> ominous, Alex. I feel I must apologise to all of my flatmates over the years I was at university <laughs> because every year they they would get lectures on law. My mum, my grandma, my, si my my sister, my girlfriend all can tell me about various elements of law because I've gone and found them and taught them over the phone, in person, on Skype, wherever I can find them. That was, that was what I used to do. That was my main method. Mm. Um, in the reverse of that, sorry, I'm interrupting. Yeah, you. go for it. Um, I remember once when I, so I studied law as well, along with criminology. And I remember once going with a friend who was having, a, I think she was having a blood test done at the doctor. And she said, I need to be distracted from this. So I went with her and sat and I asked her questions about law. And I grilled her on law um, to make her think through that kind of stuff as this was happening to take her mind off it. So I think you can really do that anywhere and everywhere, yeah. can't you? Particularly people on your course. One interesting way that I do used to do that is I make key cards, uh, which have a question on one side and an answer on the other side. So these are predicted questions or like definitions and things like that. And then if you give them to your parents or someone who hasn't actually got a 
interest in that area. So, Naomi, you said you knew law just like the your friend knew law. Well, if you're, if you're asking your parents or maybe your girlfriend, they might not know law unless you've taught them. Um, Depends how much so they've been listening. If you, give them the questions, <laughs> if you give them the questions, they can then grill you on those questions, mm. knowing what the answers are. And so that's a way to break down the barriers of them not necessarily knowing the area. So that's one of the things I did. Yeah. And also you can advise on your own that way. It does depend on what type of exam you've got though, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. So my most recent exam was me sat with a person doing a role play. Um, and I know you have to do that in law as well, don't you? Yeah, we have to do negotiations and also in interviewing people. Yeah. So how you'd revise for that would be different to how you'd revise for a written exam. Yeah. Possibly. Mm. I never did any kind of exam like that. Me neither. Well, my next exam is about interviewing. So the way I'm preparing for that is I'm doing research on the practical aspect of interviewing. I'm learning about the area that I will be asking questions about so I can work out what questions I need to ask. And then I'm practicing. So I'm going to practice interviewing people. I'm going to find excuses even within the legal context and then outside of the legal context to interview people. So for example, right now, Hashtag revision. Yeah, I was going to say, do we all need to be a bit worried over the next few weeks? <laughs> yeah, that's that's in a few weeks. But yeah, there's there's just there are all our favourite methods. So, are there any other methods that we used to revise then? The other thing I used to do specifically for law when I had to memorise cases. So, the theories for criminology, the name of the theory was often sort of relevant to what it was saying and mm -hmm. um, although the authors or the person that came up with the theory obviously not um but with law memorizing case names it's it's a bit more they're not at all related they're just the names mm -hmm. of the people they're yeah. not necessarily related so i struggled more with that um, and i used to do cue cards but i would do the the legal point on one side and on the other side i would have the name of the case and i would draw something yeah. i'd visualize it something to do with those um the names of the people mm -hmm. so the example that i always think of because there were a lot of smiths smith came up quite a lot um because yep. there are a lot of smiths and it was i'm not going to say how long ago i studied but it was a little while ago and the matrix was quite big um so i had agent smith who was put into an <laughs> awful lot of imaginary situations in my head um lots and lots of um different law cases in my mind featured Ancient Smith at some point um, because that for me again that visualised and actually the it being incongruous like that helps you remember it more. Mm, exactly what I so do. if it's if you're expecting Agent Smith to be there you'll remember it less if it's out of place and it's funny particularly um, if it amused me and I would draw these pictures um, <laughs> to really visualise bringing in those those names. I would draw the pictures but I'd do the same thing. Mm. But I used to just make them up. Sometimes I use footballers because that there's a name football for everyone. Other times I just use people. Wait, sorry, what's that about footballers? I'd use their name, their surnames. Oh, because, because there's lots of footballers. And footballers, you know, they're by the surnames. Because I there's see. loads of them. And I just imagine that particular footballer in that situation. Ah, see, I don't know about football. So your methods then, apart from the bullet pointed lists, they're very creative. They are quite creative, which isn't the way that I work normally. Mm. But for revising in memory, I find it really helpful. So one of my revision methods that counters something that Dan said earlier is that Dan said she uses a revision plan. I wouldn't think that I necessarily use a plan as much. Mm. I just go through I make sure I can have enough time to go through the topics I don't plan out okay I'm going to do this today this tomorrow and the reason for that is because if I was to do that 
and you know, if I miss a day, it wouldn't work. So I tend to try and focus on learning all the content in a few days. This is actually a plan, but it's not written down, so it's very, very flexible. So try and get ascertain all the content, work out all the content is, and then I spend like two weeks revising it or a week revising it. Um, actually, I think the best way that I revise, to, going back on what I said earlier, is I don't actually revise in one go. I revise throughout the entire year, but without realizing it. So every day before my classes, I'd read back my lecture notes from the last class or the last two classes just mm -hmm. briefly and the reason for that is so i put my hand up and answer all the questions um but also so i knew what was going on and actually that meant that when it came to revising i wasn't actually doing what most students do or i was doing in the past which was learning for the first time <laughs> that's our phone <laughs> <laughs> so what were we actually talking about before um the technical difficulties we'd all talked about uh how we revised mm -hmm. um so, so where does everyone advise might be a good question to ask. Oh, where? So if you were to advise, where would you advise and why? For me, it's definitely the library because I think that it's quiet and I think that by seeing many people doing the same thing, it just motivates me to stay for hours and do it as well. While yeah. If I'm at home, I can easily find some distractions. So I would prefer the library. I always used to advise in my room. I didn't used to go anywhere. I can get quite distracted going places, in all honesty. Yeah. <laughs> Wandering off. I tend to see people who I know, and so I tend to talking to them. So I'd lock myself in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. The key thing for me about making my study space is I'd unplug my Xbox, I'd hide it away, I'd turn my phone off, and I'd make the study space right, so like, I'd get my snacks next to me, I'd get all my pens, just try and, find any excuse, try and get rid of any excuse to get up and procrastinate, because otherwise I'd find it. Mine is very similar, uh, not necessarily about revision, but working in general. I yeah. need a completely tidy house. It doesn't need to be clean. It doesn't need to be spotless. But anything that is in my eye line needs to be out of my way. Otherwise, mm. I guess otherwise you find productive procrastination, don't you? You're like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm being productive. This is a good use of my time. I was actually just... Yeah. Just going to go clean the bath. <laughs> <laughs> I find tidiness unsettling. Again, this is a work generally, not specifically revision, but I, I much prefer. I mean, you can have too much clutter when you can't find what you need. Yeah. But no, I, I find it unsettling. I don't think it's natural. Oh. <laughs> that says something more about your life. I'm sure it, it does. I'm sure it does. <laughs> have any of us ever tried revising a, a study group before? Or we all solitary people who just... I don't think I have tried it. Not revising, but working as a group. And I think that if it's for an assignment for me, honestly, it's a bit distracting because I work better yeah. if I'm preparing for an exam or for something. I work better on my own, if that makes sense, when I was in uni. Because often in the groups, I would find situations where we'll talk about something completely not relevant to the mm. assignment and I just wanted to stay focused and once to get into that, I, I can't really come back and focus anymore. Mm. See, I've often found study groups quite useful because I used to help and teach other people in the group. And then if I was struggling in an area, they could then explain it to me. And having someone who understands the area explaining it to me would help me. And then also I'd be able to help them. Mm -hmm. So we teach each other. It's all about the peer and peer assisted learning and everything like that. So you know, if I remember, I'm struggling with like larger groups, but I used yeah. to learn on a one-to-one -one basis like with a friend or something yeah. but when it's a larger group it's just most more difficult yeah if it's, if it's not working for you just leave the group or try to find a way that does work we always set like ground rules down we used to say 
you couldn't like we wouldn't go on phones we would this is what we're doing in this session this is what we're trying to try and cover and that would be about that but yeah. i that to two sometimes exams sometimes it doesn't work yeah <laughs> sometimes you just end up procrastinating or going off a tangent or doing things that aren't productive to your time because you already understand them mm. um so short to... okay is that my phone now it's someone's phone okay so um before exams how some of us are be, uh, get nervous right do i don't know if i, I quite I, I quite enjoy exams i don't know i would describe myself as nervous before them because i always like i said i would feel ready mm. i would know that i could sit and write out my sheets of paper so i would feel ready i think my adrenaline would be going i wouldn't call it nervous no matter how well i am prepared i i still get nervous but sorry not necessarily in a bad way, not necessarily too much. I mean, I'm nervous five minutes until somebody distracts me. But then I mm. the best way to um, stop being nervous, yeah. I think it's like having other people talk about other things. Maybe that's the mm. easiest way for me. I think my, I always get nervous before exams. I get nervous before I do anything, really. I think the best way that I deal with my nerves is when other people are being nervous. I then am like, yeah, I'll help you. Look, I'll be very. So you're nervous. so people focused. If I'm more, if I'm being creative with these things, Alex, everything you're talking about is is involved with interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. Even though I rise on my own in my room, locked away, I never see people for most of the week. That's not what you said. Though. You said that yeah. you were revising by teaching people. Yeah, on the phone, in the studio group, <laughs> on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit in um, the Big Bang Theory, one of the very early episodes, talking about how Sheldon has no friends, and he's like, I've got. So many friends on them. MySpace. <laughs> Probably MySpace, by the way. How about you, Catherine? How do you deal with nerves? Um, I don't. So I'm really avoidant with my emotions when I when it comes to exams or work in general. I'm just like, eh, I'll get on so with you don't feel it. nervous. Don't feel anything. I don't know whether that doesn't mean I that I that it's not there. Yeah. It's that I am consciously making myself Maybe. unaware. Yeah, I I, 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 do, I do like exams only on the basis of time management. So the reason why I like doing exams like that is because in my doing exams and coursework is so that I don't have too many exams at the same time. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes you can't avoid having too many exams at the same time. So has this ever happened to anyone else where they've had loads of exams before? Or two or three or exams in a couple of days? I don't think so. You don't think so? so I've probably had three for my like entire degree, so... Uh, really? Fair enough. So what I was going to ask is, what would you do? So can someone say that to me instead? What would you do, Alex? Oh, You've had lots of exams at the same time. Thank you for asking, Naomi. Uh, great question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, so in my second year, uh, I had th- I had three exams in the space of three days, mm-hmm. which actually wasn't that bad. Because GCSEs, we used to have like 17 in, in 18 days. But university level, they're slightly more serious at times. Um, so what I did is, being the student rep, I got one of them moved. So ignore that one. So it was down to two exams in two days. <laughs> so I asked the lecturers, would it be possible to move it? Because we had an exam window of two weeks and we had all our exams within the first three days. They said, yeah, whatever. We'll see what we can do. They got it moved. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> it was more do difficult than like. that. <laughs> it was quite difficult. From the sounds of it, they had to do a lot of work to get them moved. So we saw what we could do about making them further apart. The other two we were stuck with, we couldn't move them. And so with those, I then revised based on the weighting of them. 
So some of the one was worth 60%, one was worth 40. So I targeted the one worth 60%. Uh, one I hadn't done very well on, and only got a 60% on the coursework. And so I had to then get an 85% to get a first mm-hmm. overall. So I just binned that one. I did about one day's worth of revision for that one, but I was revising by reading the notes before my lectures throughout the semester. Whereas the other one uh, was worth 60% and I got 75% in that one. And it was multiple choice. So I targeted that exam and thought I can get more marks here. So I just revised mm-hmm. constantly for that one. And I got an 89 on that one and I got 65 on the other. And so because of that, it meant that I was able to pick up marks in one, which were easier than the other one, they were harder. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I would advise for two weeks, I might have got a 75 or a 70 in the first exam instead of a 65. Mm-hmm. But actually, by focusing on the other one, I got more marks overall, I think. So it's a strategy. I was once forced into a slightly similar situation by the fact that I was unwell. So mm-hmm. I had planned to focus on a particular, I think I'd got one exam and then another one a week later. And I thought to myself, actually, I'm going to do my revision for that second exam in that week. And then I was unwell for the vast majority of the week. Um, and it was proper illness mm-hmm. where you actually can't do anything. Um, so I ended up with a day or two to revise for that. So I followed the same process as described earlier. Um, but I gambled on which topics I thought would come up. So I didn't do it for the whole module. I just, I, I knew I had to answer, so going back to what Diana said, I knew I had to answer two questions. I had to pick two questions on this paper. And I, so I only learned two sections yeah. and I gambled that both of them would come up. What I would have done if they, if one of them hadn't, I don't know. But I do remember the feeling of relief. But I'm not recommending this as a method. And I do remember the feeling of relief when I got in there and saw that both these topics were there. Um, but no, I wouldn't recommend that as a method because quite easily one of them might not have come up and then I wouldn't have known what to write at all. I, I, sort of I think that's really interesting because I've had some similar situations come up but I've used maths to note so I knew they would. So that, so we had an exam where, this all makes sense in a second, so we had, a, we, had, we had an exam where there were six topics, uh, we had to answer two topics and four topics will come up. And so what that meant was we only actually had to learn, I think we had to learn five out of the six because of the chance, all the odds. Mm. And so actually there was a topic that I didn't even touch. And so I'll be honest, I have no idea about that area. I can't remember it now, I didn't properly learn it. Well, the other five areas I did learn, so that cut down my revision by a sixth. It meant that actually I knew um, what would, what was most likely to come off. I think it was a different mass than that. I don't know, mass is probably wrong. Um, I think it was two topics in there that I had to learn. But by doing that, I cut down the amount. I got to focus on the on the, co- the four topics that I liked rather than the two topics I didn't like. I thought of a question on that. I thought it would be really interesting. Oh, yes, I remember what it was. How much do we think that we can remember about the things we've had? It, so subjects we've had exams in, how much can you remember now if the exam's been and gone? Because I'll tell you right away, I cannot remember a thing. Um, I like it. I get to the point at the exam where I was prepared and I knew it and I could do it. And then I stopped practicing it obviously mm-hmm. afterwards. And I wouldn't, a week later, I wouldn't be able to do the same. So, do you think, Alex, with your more long term remembering, you can remember more than that of the things, the subjects you've had exams in? Yes and no. So, yes, I can remember them, but only roughly. Um, but certain areas I can't remember much of. But the key with me is, 
I made my vision online and in ways that I can access. So I have an app on my phone called Quizlet that I use and I store my key cards in there. So often people ask me a question, if I don't know the specific answer to, I generally know the general answer from my vision. I then can pull it up on my phone and there's the, there's the key card that I made down so on it. And, and then I, I read that and I remember it for like a, a couple of weeks and I forget it. But if it isn't on the exam, then I probably won't remember so you say you remember it for a couple of weeks, then what's the optimal amount of time then do you think before your exam? Oh, I revise, I think the optimal amount of time is to revise throughout, if possible, revise as long as you can because then it cuts down the amount, it makes it less time. So if you revise for, I think they say 10 minutes or 15 minutes a night every day, mm-hmm. then that means by the end of the term, you've done so many hours without realising it, without really doing much mm. and it actually embeds it into your mind over time so that's why like i said i used to read my notes i used to arrive to my lectures 10 minutes early i used to sit there read my notes unless someone interrupted me and then I'd answer all the questions that meant that the lecture itself was worth the time it then meant that i was revising without really putting any extra time in mm-hmm. great i think i'll do exactly the same as you Mm. I'll do a very perfect example, then if you ask me something, it's always right there, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I guess part of it depends on what what you want that knowledge for, whether it is for the exam, mm-hmm. or whether you are going to use and apply that knowledge later on in life. Because yeah. your kind of study, Catherine, you do need to be able to apply that later mm-hmm. on, don't you? I can remember my exam, although I have watched it back on video uh, quite a lot, um, I can remember it almost word for word. Mm. Um, but that's because I've practically done it. I've not gone and just sat in a room and written or mm. clicked on multiple jobs. Um, that's because I've actively done something. So I think to finish up the uh, this podcast, I think what we should all do is we should give one piece of advice that we give to someone sitting their first university level exam. So I'll start. Uh, my advice would be to apply every your actual knowledge to the question. Don't try and don't try and just learn things, learn how to apply it and learn to understand it. Um, that means learning theories and things like that to help apply it to that question. So then you can make it not just knowledge that you're producing, but understanding. That's my piece of advice. Apply. Mine would be to try different methods until certainly if you're beginning your studies and um, try different methods out and see what works for you we've talked about a lot of different styles of yeah. of revising between the four of us um, and there are i'm sure many many more and many different ways of doing things so try things out see what works for you i think that my piece of advice would be to plan your time carefully um because i think i think it's a really important factor whenever you've got an exam or when you're revising and I think that by leaving some extra time for emergency situations that would be really helpful for you and you will be able to cope with stress and anxiety and whatever else an exam might bring for you. Pick your modules carefully. (laughs) If possible. possible. Avoid all exams. (laughs) My final piece of advice uh, would be to learn about exams and exam revision. Um, so that means doing a little bit of research here and there just to learn about the area or just to learn about the exam types. The skills team have made for you um, some skills guides. Uh, they cover different types of exams and also different types of exam revision. 
these have come from our personal preferences for revision and also um, the practitioners and the people who make exam textbooks. So they are lecturers, they are students. So people who have done exams before have written the content. So they're available on the skills guides at www.libguides.dorby.ac.uk slash skills guides. Thank you for watching. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.